WSTN DB HD1, Atlanta, Charlotte, a situations media station, giving you the news of the world from the eyes of our community. It's straight, no chaser, with Corey on the 102.6 The Situation. Good morning, beautiful broadcast listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode where it's stirred, not shaken. So awaken your minds because it's time for straight, no chasers. Um, today is May 29th, it's literally like the end of May, and I'm just confused on where the time is going because, you know, it's almost my birthday. I'm a Virgo. We got like three more months. So this, you got, we got to get ready because 24 is different. 24 is going to be, this is my, what is it, Kobe year? This is my Kobe year. Okay, it's, I'm doing, I got to do something crazy so I'm just you know I'm excited for June and what that has to come um but anyway just moving forward I hope everyone enjoys their day um Sunday I don't know what the weather is going to be this and this is not the weather channel but um I hope it is sunny and beautiful for everyone to enjoy go outside get some fresh air and really enjoy life because it is crazy it's crazy out here um Nobody knows when they're going to go to the, you know, grocery store or even in elementary schools. People, you could go anywhere and might not make it back home. So live your best life. Live it to the fullest. Make good decisions. Be merry. Be happy and enjoy. Um, Ironically, the topic today is gun control laws and the impact on black communities. Um, Ironically, today is the... Last day of the NRAs, NRAs, the National Rifles Association's three-day convention in Houston, Texas. As you know, last week we had a, um, a shooting at Yovalde, Texas, where I think 21, I think 19 of which were children, elementary school-aged children, and two teachers were uh, murdered by a 18-year-old and you know I was on vacation at the time in Miami and it really like almost like ruined well not almost but it really it it turned the mood immediately in for something to happen a hundred you know probably 20, 20 hours, maybe even three days away from here. Like, I'm in Miami, it was in, like, Texas. <laughs> like, that's a that's a little drive for that, you know, event to have such an impact on our lives. I think everybody was, like, very somber. So I think everybody's been in a very somber mood since even the Buffalo shooting. I think that people just kind of been pushing it, um, pushing past it as a way to cope and keep living our lives. But at the end of the day, this is traumatizing for everyone. Like, more traumatizing than Will Smith slapping Chris Rock in the middle of the Oscars. This is ultimately, like, the the most earth-shattering news you can hear that children, 9, 10, 8, like, innocent lives. And I know children can be annoying, but, like, come on. Like, they have done nothing to anybody in their lives to have to have to just be shot down. Like, you know, animals on the street, like, what did they do to you? Like, that's always my question. Like, what did they do? 
why did they why did they need to have this experience why was like why was it their time i think a lot of parents are going to be looking at this um as well in that same way and i i i pray for their for their healing i pray that their hearts um will be covered cuz i know it is probably breaking in i don't think anybody ever like i don't think when people make these decisions to go into these places and shoot people that they're thinking about the multitude of people's hearts that they're breaking like the the worlds that they're shattering the like you're not just ending the lives of those who you shoot you're ending full families lives like even i think one of the teachers husband passed away of a heart attack days after he found out his wife was murdered like you don't realize how impactful you are being until after the fact and he's dead the shooter or man or um Romo Salvador was shot at the at the scene so he's no longer here to pay for his consequences i don't believe that murder is ever uh compensated or not compensated is ever uh reprehensible with murder like you can't kill somebody for killing other people like that's never ever going to be the punishment like that's never going to be a valid or equal punishment especially when that person did nothing to deserve to be murdered um i feel like they should live their life and suffer knowing that they caused so much trauma caused so you know caused so much hurt like they should be hurt <laughs> like for the rest of their lives like like in their hurt cuz they probably were hurting before they they shot and killed all those children so why just in all their hurt with the people that's already hurt no like people have to live knowing that their children are never going to come back but i digress um like i said the NRA is in Houston Texas now i know that some people have been there protesting outside of the building um trying to you know show support for the shooting in um, Uvalde and i know as soon as this happened a lot of things went went straight to politics like why is this continuing to happen why are the you know politicians not doing anything to prevent this issue from occurring again and again and again um, and i'm really conflicted on this issue of calling on politicians as soon as an event happens cuz it's kind of useless um most of the time I've always said that the NRA cuz they pro- the NRA is a lobbyist group that puts money in politicians hands to make sure that they get what they want out of the legislation so like they make sure that the people who's voting don't vote against the NRA's idea of what legislation should be such as gun control access the NRA supports ownership gun ownership at their freedom for the you know in support of the 22nd amendment they feel like people should have access to guns at their free will period that's what they want and that's what they pay for they have a huge 
huge, huge um, support membership. So, and you know, it's a, just as a three-day convention, a lot of people will be there to see the exhibits, hear people talk, and buy guns. So, <laughs> this will be this is an event that happens every year. Um, and it just, it's just ironic that it's happening all in Texas at once with the uh, Uvalde shooting. But I have a story uh, when, in, about my experience with protesting gun control or gun violence, right? And I want to share it. In 2018, I took a van with a group of women from a club at my alma mater called Art Force Five. This organization went around to different places, mostly other schools, other like SUNY schools inside New Western New York. You know, we went up and down the whole state, going to different schools to facilitate social rehabilitation through community-based artwork and conversation. It was really cool. We got to make like huge mu murals of people to celebrate. I think my favorite one probably would be we did one in, in around diversity. It was a diversity and diversity, diversity, inclusion, and equity um, um, convention for the SUNY schools. A, a bunch of different directors, you know, diversity chairs from different universities came together um, to discuss ways in which they can make their universities better or make their, you know, their position um, better in general, right? And this is a lot of minority uh, people, a lot of people who, you know, know what it's like to feel like, you know, unheard. I got to meet a lot of potential doctors, uh, medical in, you know, social doctors, like people who really did degrees in like social sociology, like psychology, stuff like that. Psychology, what is psychology? Pray for me, y'all. <laughs> um, it was a, you know, this, this is something I will take for the rest of my life. Um, these conversations that we have with people in, in a very calming way, because you know, when you paint, it kind of like relaxes your mind a little bit because you're not as tense when you're painting because you want to be, you know, you want it to flow nice. You want it to feel good when you're painting it, and it's just really simple because at the end of the day, we take it, we're taking these like little pieces of tile, and each one is a picture. But when we all put the picture together, it turns into this huge, huge picture. And it was really beautiful. It's a really beautiful um, experience that I've had. Um, but on this particular day in 2018, we took a van to um, to Washington D.C to attend the March for Our Lives protest. This was sparked by the school shooting at Marjorie Stone Douglas High School that left 17 people murdered and 17 people wounded. I remember getting off the van, we parked a couple, like, couple blocks, not even a couple blocks, probably like miles away from um, the Capitol, we, this is, we they marched on the Capitol, and we had to all get metro, metro passes. So we went and got our passes, got on the train, 
and headed towards the Capitol. And we walked because everything was really blocked off. Couldn't, couldn't really get around town to park near close to the march because it was pretty. It was pretty packed at the time. It was. I think every block was cut off. It was only. It was police cars everywhere. And as you're like walking towards the Capitol to go line up, is this you know before you get to the protest area? Um, you just see like everybody's walking together. People have different shirts on. I know we had on our like we had like all orange shirts on just to like you know distinguish ourselves from everybody else because we were like a separate group. Um, and we just saw different different people's signs. Of course, walking towards the protest. We were there pretty early. We got pretty close to the stage because the stage was as far as they could get to the Capitol building. And then it reached probably like three miles back, give or take five, <laughs> three to five miles back. And it was filled, like the whole entire three miles was filled with over like 5,000 people. So we got there pretty early so that we can get a good place um, close as possible to the stage. Um, and I'm, as we're walking and I'm just looking, I'm also checking the tops of these buildings. I need to know like what's going on at all times. I'm pretty scared this is my first protest. I'm looking, you know, how safe my surroundings. Very cautious. I know they had pre you know, prepped this before. Some of my uh, colleagues were, you know, not new to protesting, so they kind of knew what to look for and what, you know, to be aware of, but I wasn't, <laughs> so I'm just, like, looking at the tops of the buildings the whole time, like, worried. I don't want to get, you know, at the time, mass shootings were happening everywhere, not even just at schools, but, you know, concerts and as such, and I wouldn't, <laughs> I imagine that with this many people here in one spot, this would be a great place for somebody with a mental illness to be like, hey, you guys want to take my guns? Let me shoot you all. So I just was really scared. Uh, but we were standing there for a couple minutes, and, we, you know, the, the music was playing for the most part. People were rallying and shouting out things, you know. Everybody, you know, whenever you have a protest, you have people like make you doing starting chants and you follow along with the chants. I don't have a particular one that I paid attention or like can remember. Um, but it was people from all walks of life. It was a youth led protest, so it was a lot of young people, a lot of children there, a lot of older folks as well. It was great to see. It was great to see that I, we weren't the only ones to know that the entire. American community was mourning at the same time. The mourning, the same thing, having the same reaction um, to something so tragic was enlightening. Because it can be real, like, exclusive when it's on social media because you don't really know what other people's timeline looks like. Um, you don't really know what other people's um, algorithm is giving them, like what type of news is giving them, what type of information. And so you sometimes think it's just you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was great to see, um, the support there, the level of the diversity in the, the group around the beginning, they had the students, the students, the survivors of the, sh of the shooting from 
the Marjorie Stone Douglas High School. They had them come on stage and open us up. Then we had they had like performances like from like Miley Cyrus, Ariana Grande, Common, Jennifer Hudson, Andrea Day. I think they sing like Glory or something. And it was it was really beautiful, hard not to like. It was like one of those I don't want to cry, but this is like a cry moment. But it was so much to be joyful about at the same moment. It was weird. It was so weird. Like it, you was happy to be there, but it's kind of sad that this is the reason that we had to come together for you know all these great artists to be on, uh, to be available to do you know their performances for for the cause. Um, it was really nice. It was really nice for them. It felt like a memorial service for these seven, seventeen people who were murdered. And you know, I felt like they were heard in their, you know, in their departure. I felt like they, that people cared enough. That was really great. And I was kind of on on like while I was walking up, I was uncomfortable a little bit just because. I was not sure where I stood on gun control. I knew I didn't believe that people shouldn't have access to guns. I knew I I didn't believe that nobody should have a gun. Guns should just be taken away from everyone. I know that wasn't my position. I just didn't know what my position was. Like I knew what wasn't my position, but I didn't know what was my position. I'm not really familiar with guns. I don't own one. I don't, I'm not, it wasn't until like recently at the post-pandemic where I saw a lot of family members, you know, you know, begin to own guns. And with good cause because it did get crazy after the pandemic. People, you know, it, it was chaos. People had to protect themselves, not knowing, you know, there were food shortages, food, you know, and nobody's working and people were, broke and so it's crazy now even Philadelphia is going crazy I don't know what's going on um somebody just I was somebody just got robbed the other day while I was one of my volunteers for my job were you know knocking on doors for me and they ended up getting their phone and their money taken in Philadelphia so pray for Philly there's something wrong with them um anyway moving forward uh, I, I already I didn't I did not know you know much about gun legislation, right? But I knew that there was an issue because I live in Philadelphia and I saw the gun crimes that were going on. I saw how easy it was for people to get um get a gun. Before I after I graduated high school, days after graduation, one of my classmates ended up getting access to um some guns maybe. I was told, you know, this is just rumors, I'm not really sure, but I was told that they stole some guns from some ex-military um guy and they ended up going home and playing with the gun and it, I don't know how, but I guess it, it went off and shot my classmate in the head and you know he was he was gone he that was the first student that had passed away from my class of 2017 and it shook us we were as a whole just like really upset because who wants to know that information like after graduating like 
you know, we want to see each other. We like, you know, we, we're already planning um, t- our 10 year re- reunion. You know, we want to see each other again. We want to know that we're, you know, we're all going on to great, moving on to great things. <clears throat> but, you know, that's a norm in Philadelphia. You know, that's, a, that's something that a lot of people deal with. We have been dealing with. I mean, nobody said anything. Nobody's done much to uh, stop these things from happening, especially in the legislation. Um, but um, it's really, it really disrupted the way I was looking at the entire protest around around the end of the protest. Eventually, they had someone come up, come on to the stage. It was a black lady. And she began to speak on <clears throat> the fact that nobody's ever done this for us as black people. Nobody's ever planned this huge event and called for legis- for politicians to do anything as loud and as boisterous and as powerful as that moment was for these students. And not to say it wasn't deserved. These students deserved everything that they got from this protest. But to know that our black and brown communities are not looked at in the same light was disturbing. And I'm super proud that they realized that and put energy into making sure that black and brown voices were heard in this moment because of the fact that they have been dealing with this same issue for years before mass shootings, before Columbine. Um, even happened. So I was proud to be at this event knowing that it wasn't just about making sure that Caucasian kids are well protected or Caucasian kids are uh, spoken up for. I appreciated that because where I was as a black woman stepping into the scene, I really didn't know if I wanted, if I, if I was supposed to be there or not, and it wasn't like I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be there because I never been there before, but I just didn't know how to feel. And so I appreciated them for, for that, for being as transparent as they needed to be in that moment. I know they're having another march for our lives. It won't be in Washington D.C. this time. I'm not really sure why. They sent me a text. Was like, and the the slogan is, "It's time to march for our lives again." It's pretty like blunt. I don't think I I don't think the catchy "March for Our Lives" slogan could have been matched with anything else. <laughs> like, what can you say to that? Like, I think people are just tired, and the slogan is kind of, "I'm just tired." We gotta march for our lives again. I know their first. Number one will be at Valley, Lehigh Valley, PA, June 11th, 9 o'clock to 11 p.m., 11 a.m. in Bethlehem, PA. And then there will be one in Philadelphia, PA, June 11th as well from 10 a.m. to 2 and then there's also one in New Jersey, June 11th. All of these, this is, you know, June 11th everywhere, except for the 25th. There will be one in New Jersey, June the 25th at 11 
to 4 p.m. You can check this all on marshvalives.com if you're looking for one closer. Um, yeah, so there might be, you know, a march closer to where you are, depending on your zip code. One thing that we've seen happen is a rise in gun ownership in black women post-pandemic. Uh, I think 87% of gun owners have have seen an increase in black women um, coming to own, you know, buy guns since the pandemic. I don't know why. I think it's just because black women felt like they need to protect themselves in their homes and their children, point, point blank, period. Um, also, access to license to carry was a lot more easier, especially because of the pandemic, everything was online. A lot of people applied online and went on, you know, went in to get their, you know, get their permit like three days later. So it became really easy to get a gun or get, get licensed to carry. Let's be, let me, let me, let me, be, let me say that first. It was easier to get a license to carry. Now, um, people, People are going to get guns regardless. People can find guns anywhere. For, for People sell guns all the time on the street. People are making guns to this day. Like now people are making guns. I, I think that was just, a, you know, from back in the day, but it's coming up again. Um, so people just need to always, you know, feel the need to protect themselves, especially in times like these. And so... We need, we need to understand whether or not the politicians are, our politicians are going to do anything. One thing we've seen is the conversation between gun control and controlling people. And, you know, what is gun control? Legislation, this is preventing people with mental illness from purchasing guns. And I think that's a more Nonpartisan agreement. Eighty-seven percent of um, both, you know, of the entire, you know, Dems versus uh, Republicans. I think everybody agrees that people with mental illness should be prevented from purchasing guns. Making private gun sales and sales at gun shows subject to background checks. Majority, eighty-one percent of both parties, believe that that is. You know, they either strongly or somewhat, you know, agree with that idea. So these are some just some ways we are controlling guns or access to guns. Sixty-three percent believe that banning assault-style weapons is a you know good way to prevent, good way to control guns, but only forty-three percent believe that allowing people to carry concealed guns in more places is a good idea, which is good. Unfortunately, 72% of that population, which is Republican, believe that people should, um, should um, be allowed to carry guns in, certain, in more places, um, allowing. And I think one of the solutions that were were come were were just you know were given were the fact that teachers and school officials should carry guns in schools K through 12. Only 43% believe that to be 
a good idea. 62% of that percent was Republican. And only 24 was Dems. And the wait periods for people who want to buy guns legally, like shortening, shortening, shortening the wait period, sorry, only 35% of both Republicans and Dems believe that that's a good idea. So I think that's a good idea too. But I mean, I think that's a good thing too, that only 35, but the fact that even y'all 35 think that's okay, like it's not a good, no, <laughs> no. Allowing people to carry a concealed gun without a permit. 35% of Republicans think that and only 8% of them think that. So I don't think that's going to hit, like these things are going to happen anytime soon, especially because the the more bipartisan conversations around people, you know, teachers and officials having guns or allowing people to carry concealed guns in more places. I don't think that is, you know, these, these things are going to happen as quickly as possible just because it's so bipartisan. Like, I don't think either one are, are, are going to vote uh, more than the other. It might just be something that doesn't leave the Senate floor or House floor at all. So... <clears throat> And it just could look like gun control could just look like not having guns being sold at Walmart. Like, why? <laughs> why do you need guns at the grocery store? I feel like guns should be guns should be at the gun store. Food should be at the food store. I just think guns and food should be separate. Fire explosions separate. In <clears throat> um, controlling people, what does that look like? Legislation restricting who has access to guns, background checks, mental illness checks. Um, and also incentivizing people to not use firearms with harsher punishments for being caught with an illegal weapon. And they also, you know, of course, socially, we have people who have events where they buy back weapons, right? These are some incentives. So we, <clears throat> we already, we see the different, you know, different ways we can control uh, guns. And we see the way we can control, we can't really control people, but have a tighter grip on who gets access to guns. <clears throat> but we've never tried, we never tried one thing is to just take guns off the, off like make guns off limits. <clears throat> I feel like that freedom is so well protected, the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. Is, is well protected. And I'm not sure how to feel about that anymore because I don't understand why people need a gun. Why do you need a gun? <laughs> I don't even understand why the police need a gun. If the police don't need a gun either. What do we need guns for? What? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not a gun person, but that's just me. I feel as though we, you know, and you put your money where your mouth is. I, I said this every show. If you want to be a gun owner and support guns, join the NRA. And I think <clears throat> that I, I've said this since I was a child. I feel like people should just join the NRA, get a bunch of guns, and I think that eventually a bunch of those um, white rural uh, colleagues of, in the NRA will look at their their actions a little differently. Hold on, like wait, 
are we allowing black people to just arm themselves so freely? They're going to look at it a lot differently. And legislation will look differently. People, people don't like it when black people share the same freedoms as, as white people. So let's be honest. What we need to do is make sure that we're not just own, owning guns, but license to carry and also supporting the NRA because, and then infiltrate the NRA. Be chair of the chapter in your, in your state or whatever they have. I don't know the NRA, so I don't, I don't understand their you know, breakups, but if we dedicate more time and energy and money into people who have it, who are purposefully putting it, put, putting their money where their mouth is in, in you know, politicians' pockets to make sure that their legislations get passed. Why don't we join them to make sure that they're putting in what we want? Like we want to make sure that people in low-income communities are well protected from gun violence. And what does that look like? Who knows? But I, I sure the NRA gonna find out because they find out everything else. How they want to keep their guns, you know, and free to and are free to, you know, open carry where they, free, you know, they put their money where their mouth is. So, you know, that's my take on it. Believe what you want, say what you want. But thanks for keeping up with Straight No Chaser. Tune in next week for another episode where you're stirred, not shaken. Stay woke on 102.6 The Situation. Love you. Bye.